Hello, hello. Thank you for tuning in to a Blissfully Balanced Life podcast. For those of you who are new here, I'm your host, Crystal Ray, and I am a certified health and fitness coach and Reiki healer. And I created this podcast to show you how to live a holistically healthy life while balancing everything else going on. What you can expect on this podcast are tips for your health, food, fitness, spirituality, mindset, motivation, inspiration, as well as experts sharing their knowledge with you. I am so excited to bring this content to you, so let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of a Blissfully Balanced Life podcast. I am so excited for this guest today because I think this conversation is going to be absolutely enlightening and exciting. So I'm just going to pass it over to Daniel and let him introduce himself to you. Hello, everyone. I'm Daniel Mangena. This is not a fake accent. Born in the UK, get to live in Mexico. I empower people to live more abundant, joyful, purpose-driven lives. I'm very happy to be here today. How in the world did you get started with that? Like, that's like a phrase in itself. You're, what you do, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> do you know what? It's that uh, um, when I first answered the call, I had very much a Jonah and the whale experience to what I do now. I was very, very happy doing what I did before. And then just wasn't happy anymore, but still tried to hold on. And the universe was like, okay, we tried to like give you the feelings, give you the feels to walk away, but you didn't. So then I lost everything. <laughs> like not everything, everything, but my business, like there were circumstances around my business, just basically not being the same. And I was like, oh, okay, I get it. I get it. Then. And I, I answered the call and I first was working with people with midlife crisis. And that sounds really random, but my my work really is great at creating fresh starts, writing a new blueprint, writing a new model for what you want, and then getting into the groove of creating that. And so people that were in a midlife crisis or some kind of fresh start, whether it's a divorce, uh, retirement, moving from education to work and not really knowing what you want to do with that space, and so purpose driven came in there because unless there was a like an underlying call, which is what my mission statement is all about, then I, I found that that ends up being just the same thing that I did before. Midlife crisis, my life isn't working for me. I'm running on someone else's story. So that came in there with the purpose driven and abundant because I believe the universe is abundant. We've already had that semi-convo and that abundance is our natural state. If we look at nature, I love to look at nature. We look at nature. The only time abundance isn't present is when humans get involved and start to mess with things. Other than that, if there's a crack in the ground, nature will grow into it and it will always grow, always expand. So that's natural. And then joyful because joy is just where it's at. <laughs> so abundant, joyful, purpose-driven life is, is all of those pieces coming together. So let's, let's keep going on this abundant theme real quick. If yeah. I want to become more abundant, mm -hmm. you know, there's so many different philosophies and ideas of how do you tap into this energy? What's mm -hmm. your take on how to tap into receiving more abundance? For me, I don't think it's so much tapping in as to stop plugging out. Because <laughs> again, it's unnatural state. Oftentimes when I'm working with people, I find that, you know, my clients are now millionaires and all that kind of good stuff, like, they, they didn't do more stuff. Generally speaking, it's doing less stuff. 
you know, I've got people in my work that have been in some kind of consciousness or spirituality for sometimes even decades. I did a VIP day on the weekend. And one of the feedbacks I got from a couple who in my program that were on the day were like, we've been doing, we've been going in, we've been doing the work, like we've done plant ceremonies, we've done coaching, we've done all this different stuff. And you just bring it back to this really simple, clean space. And really it's because we're pulling away all of the stuff, all of the human stuff, and just coming back to the essence of who we are, which is abundance. If we let go of the stories, let go of the narratives and come into a natural flow of who we are as humans in nature, which is inherently abundant, then abundance can start to trickle through. And then we can start to expand into that more deliberately, enhance it and direct where we specifically want to experience it. So what does that feel like? What does it feel like when somebody actually recognizes like who they are? Like, how do you know that you're feeling that? Do you know what? I think, and this might resonate with your, your, your audience too. I think it's the same as being a lady. If you have to say that you are, you're not. Like, it's just one of those things. Like, I'm, So I'm a certified instructor for a modality called reality transurfing. And one of the... Um, one of the one of the the things that Vadim, the creator of reality transurfing, speaks to, is this idea that we all have the creator spark within us. And he talks about other things as well. And it always comes down to he always comes back to this point of, I can't tell you what it is. You're just gonna know. Like I can't tell. I can't describe being powerful to you. Like I can't describe being in love. I can give you some of the symptoms, but I can't describe it to you. It's just something that you have to feel and experience. And if you're questioning whether you have it or not, that's probably a good indication of the fact that you're not there. Thank you for clarifying that. That was <laughs> very powerful. <laughs> so one of the things that I know is that you tell people to stop meditating. <laughs> you were waiting for this one. I'm right? waiting for this question. <laughs> so why is it? that you tell people to stop meditating. So I'm gonna drag this out. Have they audience on the audience, even on the edge of your seats right now. <laughs> yeah, we're on the edge of our seats, Daniel. Come on, tell us what it is. So here's the key thing. I don't say don't meditate. I say stop meditating. Because you're not just skin and bones, organs and eyeballs, right? <laughs> you're, Right. You've also got your mental experience. Your mind goes beyond the brain. The brain, we could say, is the IP address for the mental cloud form. But then if I get the right equipment, I could measure your, chak your chakras, where they're aligned and your, is it the curliograph? I could see your energy body. If we were in close proximity, I could do that and probably feel your experience, tangibly feel the imprint of it on my hands before I would actually make physical contact with you. These are things now science is giving us opportunity to actually engage with that we're more than just skin and bones. But you have people on one side that are like, work, 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 do, 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 all the stuff. And then you've got people that sit on the butt all day just meditating, right? I, I remember one of the funniest stories I've got from working with people. There's a woman who, my old, 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 we're going back a couple of years now, program. She got 10 weeks into my 12-week program and had her breakthrough which is, I, I realized that's about when it happened because I had three phases that we went through and we got into this bit. And she's like, she was walking along doing her gratitude and she heard the limiting belief voice. She actually heard it 
we'd done a lot of work to peel away the stuff and she heard the voice which is oh you've got to be a good girl you've got to be a good girl and when we unpacked it we saw that thread was across everything everything that was holding her back was listening to this unconscious narrative and then she turned around a week later and she says do you know what Dan? i don't think i need your work anymore i said why she goes well when i read about the yogis like yogananda like God just gave them everything that they needed. I said, okay. She goes, yeah, I don't think I need to work on my abundance because I believe that God's just going to give me everything. I said, okay, I respect your decision. She's broke now. She's no, worse off than when she started. Why? She held this narrative that I don't need to do anything at all. I'm just going to do my prayers and my gratitudes and my meditation and everything's going to fall into my lap. Now, is it possible to create that way? Yes. But I think oftentimes we confuse possibility and probability. I can go to the mountains like Yogananda. I can go into the, the deserts of Galilee like John the Baptist or go and hang out with the Essenes for 40 years and learn to transmute physical matter into all that I need. Or I can stop meditating, having meditated in the morning to get myself aligned, do some work on my mindset, whether that's visualization, whether that's affirmations, writing down my goals and objectives and getting my mind right. And then move through my day, making choices from a place of accepting what I've set the momentum to receive. So aligning my choices, my environment to receive. And I found consistently, then when people take the power of conscious practice, spirituality, uh, mindfulness, apply that to a practice of understanding that our inner mind never loses. We're terminators of successful creation. And that if I just attune that terminator, that T800, to going to get the T1000 instead of John Connor, terminator reference, hey, then follow through with choices that align with that, then there's nothing that I can set the intention for that I won't receive. And that's why I tell people to stop meditating. I love it. That's so powerful. Thank you. That's so amazing. And what, yeah. So to recap, everybody. <laughs> wake up in the morning, set an align time, work yeah. on your mindset, mm -hmm. and keep going about the day and keep being that mindfulness, right? And Think and feel with awareness. Move through your day as the person who's already received what you've set the you've set the goal towards, you set your emotional state and your energy up for, and you set your belief for, and you will always get it without fail. Yeah. So actually, I had this idea come to me yesterday from my an Instagram it. post, a quote, and um, the quote I was going to do, and I'll probably post it today, is "I believe in me," and I had this mm. epiphany of like. I have to like, no matter what it is that I'm doing, and I'm so curious of your perspective on this when it comes to belief, but like, no matter what it is that I'm doing, whether it is working on improving my health, working on a business goal, working on a, you know, a physical appearance, like whatever it might whatever be, the thing. if I don't believe that I can do it a little mm -hmm. bit, right. I might ha not have to believe mm -hmm. fully. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to do it, right? Like, why would I stay consistent? So I'm really curious as to your perspective as to how belief in ourself mm -hmm. changes it all. I love so much about what you said, because one of the things that I love to remind people is we can sometimes get caught up in this idea that I must be certain of success in order to get it. 
but we don't. We just need an open door. I just need to be able to say maybe. I just need to be able to reject the certainty in the non-certainty, reject the idea that it's definitely not going to happen. And if that's met with an emotional state and a clear intention, like a real desire and passion for it, then that's enough to start sending something through, some evidence that I can then look to to expand that maybe into a probably and then into a definitely. So I love, 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 love that. But ultimately, like I said, you know, We've never failed at anything. And what I'd love for the, the ladies and maybe secret gentlemen in your audience to, to just bring in mind. I say that because I'm often like the only, I'm like the honorary man part in like so many, so many of my things, right? So I get it. My friend, uh, my friend Nicole, I'm the only man that's ever been a guest on her podcast. I'm like, I still hold that title. But um, what I'd love for the, for the ladies in the audience to just hold in mind that the unconscious mind never fails at anything. So they've actually never failed at a single thing in their entire life. And, and as weird as that sounds, I want them to just hold that. You've never failed at anything. Everything that's ever shown up for you has been desired, chosen, selected, and supported at an unconscious level. So what that allows us to actually do, coming around, is that even if something shows up that we don't want, we can celebrate it because we've successfully created something. It's just a matter of redirecting that power. When it comes down to belief, belief is that leverage that's going to keep us on track, doing the work that's necessary for us to keep selecting where we're directing that, that power, to keep us selecting to overcome the propensity perhaps to go into dark places emotionally or to go into that self-doubt and belief. It's going to be the fuel that keeps the fire burning and keeps us going making those choices to overcome and overcome until we overcome. But ultimately doing all of that against the backdrop of remembering that we've never failed and that we just need a maybe to make it through makes the whole thing work. I think. Beautiful. So amazing. Do we always have a choice? Yes. But do we always exercise it? No. Can you please paint us a clear picture as you've worked with people and you've seen this journey Mm-hmm. How frequently do we go in and out of having moments of disbelief or self-doubt or despair? And then, you know, like, what does that roller coaster typically look like? And how does it look like in different areas of a journey? I know it's still individual, but maybe mm-hmm. just in general terms. Well, first and foremost, I think it's important to remember that we're always responding to inputs. The mind isn't our enemy. It's our friend. All it does is just looks at the evidence. If you imagine the um, the vision, the visuals of like, I love to use like builders building a house, construction workers building a house, right? But if you imagine you've got the most perfect builders, they'll build whatever's on the blueprint. But as we're going around our, 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 our life, we're seeing other buildings. We're like, oh my God, I want to make that change to the house. So we call up the architect and we're like, architect, I don't want the living room to be that now. I want it to be this. You know, I want a pool. I want this. I want that. But we're speaking Japanese to the architect, right? Who speaks Spanish. So he's like, no entiendo, no entiendo, no entiendo. But we're like, yeah, konnichiwa, motherfucker. Let's do it. Like, you know, you know, sexy pool. And so he's just like, this crazy person just called up, says that they're the owner of the house, but when I got these instructions in Spanish from the person who actually instructed me to build the house, this is the blueprint I was given. They give that one to the workers 
who are perfectly building it out. And then we drive by the house. We're screaming and shouting. We're kicking things over. We're having a go at everyone. And they're like, bro, like take your medication. This is exactly what you gave us. Every now and then a word in Spanish slips out and they're like, oh, I got it. And then like something clicks in. But generally speaking, we're still screaming out konnichiwa, wondering why things are not the same. And then we blame the builders. Then we blame the person who gave us the inspiration for the house. Then we blame whoever's the president. Then we blame all of these things rather than just recognizing it's because number one, we're changing our mind every five seconds, looking at what we're seeing in the world and not being clear on what we actually want. Or worst case, you know, even worse, we understand 20 million different houses. We actually speak the Spanish. We get the house, realize we don't want it. And instead of acknowledging that we're the one that gave the instruction, we start crying, complaining, or we go into a pity party, right? So I find that the people that have these journeys, number one, don't have a relationship with themselves where they can speak their desires in a clear way, or are being tossed around by what the inputs are because they're not clear and tied resolutely to what they actually want for themselves. It will differ, like you said, from person to person. Some people move from the darkness into the light and some from the light into the darkness. But ultimately, I find that those that have the most consistently joyful, abundant, purpose-driven lives are the ones that have a purpose-driven direction that they've selected, that they've connected with, and that they truly, truly desire versus playing out somebody else's narrative that they communicate to themselves in a language that the mind understands, a language that the heart understands, and then honor the results of that even if they change, change their mind later, they honor that they're the one that created it and then they can make the steps to actually changing it. Thank you for explaining that and shedding light on it. Because I, you know, I think that just sometimes we have preconceived notions and we mm -hmm. might expect something to be something, but you know, it's always nice hearing other perspectives. So how, this is always a question that I feel like so many people and I hear it all the time in corporate or family members. I don't know what my purpose is. Mm -hmm. How does somebody actually connect into what is their purpose driven? You ready for the secret? Yes. I think purpose is a bit of a scam. I, I don't doubt that. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> so Simon Sinek says, oh, you know, start with why. And then you have to go and write a book, find your why. Because Start with why, okay. And then everyone gets so caught up in looking for this grand earth shattering idea and losing sight of the fact that time is an illusion that all exists is now. So we're chasing this future event, this future place of being, and then actually not experiencing the beauty of what's available to us now. So for me, when I speak about purpose, I'm talking about thinking and feeling with awareness into what my soul is calling for here and now. And that can evolve moment to moment. I don't believe that we're fixed on a singular life track that has singular points in time that include this mythical place called purpose. I believe that the heart speaks to us and that as the soul evolves, that what that heart speaks to us can shift and change as we get new inputs, as we experience life in a different way, as we move between life tracks, then that can evolve, but we can only hear it in, in the now. So when I'm speaking about purpose, what I'm saying is being able to hear what the heart is calling for that makes me feel good and does no harm to others. Something that adds and blesses doesn't contract and take away. And so if I'm on this journey, mm -hmm. how do I know, 
you know, I guess it's more of a trust question. How do you start to trust yourself more? Mm. I believe, you know, if someone's going on a date, right? One lady's gone on a date, whether it was a, a blind date, a set up date, I don't know if the kids are still using Tinder, whatever it is, like, or eHarmony, whatever the fudge is going on right now. You don't just sort of, everybody pulls their clothes off and start bonking when you first meet, right? That's going to be a couple dates down the line after, you know, a couple dinners and maybe some hand-holding first. Even a kiss doesn't happen off the bat. Even with passion fired up, you know, still going to be some, some etiquette around, okay. I'm feeling him, you know, he's got that chisel thing going on, right? Whatever. We go through this dance of getting to know, to develop a relationship. Even taking the physicals off the, off the table, right? And just looking at the emotional connection. I'm not going to just open up and tell you everything now. I need to develop. So what I love to invite people to do, even when we're talking about aspects of life, is to personify it. When we're talking about ourselves, persona- put yourself outside of yourself for a second. Who are you? Do you know yourself? Do you know what you like? Do you know what your favorite color is or just what you were told it is? Getting, going through the steps of actually developing a conscious, loving relationship with self, just the way that we would with another. And then coming into harmony with that relationship with self, then that trust will be a happy byproduct of it because we'll have enough conscious relationship with self to know, oh, well, Learning to trust myself by actually keeping my word to myself. If I say I'm going to get up by a certain time, honor that. Give myself the dignity and respect that I would give another. Then the relationship can start to build. And then we can start to take that relationship to first base, second base, third base, fourth base, whatever that looks like. That can go a million and one ways, but you get where I'm coming from. (laughs) Building that relationship with yourself. Oh, God. That's a great imagery. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) So you get where I'm coming from, right? I I understand completely. Developing that relationship, yeah. And I love how you broke it down that way because I've never heard it explained in that type of way. And I think it reframes it. And Mm -hmm. I think it should help you guys that are listening to change the perspective, you know? Mm -hmm. And I know for myself personally, when it comes to building a relationship with myself, I was challenged with this back in 2012. It also reduces the feeling of loneliness, because mm-hmm. I know I'm never alone. Why? Because mm-hmm. I'm with me and mm-hmm. I like me, you know, like, <laughs> it changes I love dance. me. <laughs> have you seen that meme? No, I haven't. <laughs> so, Jay, we'll have I love it. me. I'll find it. I'll find it. So micro shifting. Yes. Can you please tell us what it's all about and how does it empower people? Micro shifting is one of my uh, Danisms. And um, micro shifting overlays a couple of concepts around the idea of it's like baby steps on microdose. <laughs> well, can right? you explain what a microdose is in general? In case yeah, so, so like when, when you just use it, take a little bit of something over a period of time consistently, like a powerful sort of substance. I know people normally do it with, um, what did it in Stealing Fire, the book Stealing Fire, they talk about like Silicon Valley guys microdosing on LSD to open up their mind. So they don't take a big hit, they just sort of microdose. So what we're saying is, so I define a micro shift as a consistent series of baby steps consciously chose uh, in the step in the direction of a consciously chosen outcome. So consistently made baby steps in the direction of a consciously chosen outcome. So I know where I'm going. So I've got my end goal, but I don't go for the quantum leap. I don't go for the big move. 
I ask myself, what's the minimum deliverable? What's something that I know I can do without resistance that takes me in that direction? I execute that minimum deliverable because there's not going to be any resistance. I then pause, celebrate, anchor in that new level that I've achieved. And then and only then do I move on to the next minimum deliverable. And if I make this series of minimum deliverables, resistance is gone. The doubt, fear, and anxiety is gone. The skills gap is gone because I'm doing the minimum. Even if, and I've worked with people where I've said to them, all I want you to do to get your business off the ground is to buy a journal. Buy a journal. Go on Amazon right now while we're on, buy a journal. Put it by your bed. Just put it by your bed. Put a pen by the journal. Write down how you feel when you open up the journal. One word, not a sentence. Now develop that into over time into a journal. But the thing is, is that because it's always this or more, so at least this. So if you don't get any more than this, it's fine. If you get more, celebrate the hell out of that. But you're only aiming to get that. So what ends up happening is we've got a momentum of success. Now you've actually set the goal of doing. And remember, the mind doesn't know the size of the goal. It just knows that you made a commitment to yourself and you followed through. So whatever the pattern was before, there's a new pattern in town. And that pattern is I get this done. So when the mind then is faced with a decision about whether you're going to follow through with something and it goes into the archives, it's like, hey, we've got a request to do something new. What's the archive say? Jane always does what she says she's going to do. Okay, I guess we're doing this then. Bye. And that happens like super fast in that split se second, split millisecond of unconscious choice. We follow through and we do because that's the new habit when we inevitably ladies you are always going to backslide you're always going to go back on yourself you're always going to have a down day you're always going to have a crap day a day when it feels like you've gone backwards we're human the second that we start accepting and being okay with that i think is when things are going to be better for us but as we've micro shifted over such a consistent period of time to things that we know that we can do the size of that backslide reduces because it's we haven't got this big crevice <laughs> to come back to. So it enables consistency, enables um, us to actually hold our growth. It allows us to make growth consistent, to see those changes over a long period of time. It allows us to, to, to break through resistance. It just works. It's just one of those danisms that people find to be so, so, so effective. And so you had brought up the unconscious mind. Is this one of the ways in which you help reprogram someone's unconscious mind? Definitely. So we speak the Spanish rather than Japanese. And we just one syllable, hey, hey, hey. The mind, again, it's not working against you. It's just working with what it's been given. The second that we give it enough evidence to support a new narrative, it will by itself do the heavy lifting to support that new, new narrative. But we either don't give it a new narrative or we give it a new narrative in a language that it doesn't understand we give it a narrative that we're not even really connected to because it's not our narrative it's somebody else's i want to be a millionaire no you don't you just want to be financially free and you don't even need a million to do that focus on the financial freedom and communicate the emotional imprint of financial freedom in a way that allows the mind to know that that new thing is safe and okay when you do that in micro shifts it gets the opportunity to see this is safe the resistance drops and then you'll find yourself unconsciously supported instead of blocked and distorted and getting to what you want. So with this idea of things that are out of our control or mm -hmm. that we are manifesting 
that mm-hmm. we may not want to have manifest? Mm-hmm. How can we start to recognize what it is that we are programming, programming ourselves with? I mean, I, and maybe this goes back to what you were saying before about old beliefs or other people's beliefs, but how do we become conscious of it? And then how do we change it? And how do we embrace that? And, you know, also like what happens with things we can't control? I don't believe there's anything that we can't control. I believe that um, control is what happens after the fact. So technically we can't control, but control is what happens after the fact, but we're always in the driving seat of what happens before the fact, whether consciously or unconsciously. So developing a conscious relationship with what's happening before the fact, a conscious relationship with the unconscious pattern that does the heavy lifting on that 90 to 97% of the time, and then allowing our environment to tell us what's actually going on, because the environment doesn't lie. The environment's a perfect reflection of what's going on for us. Because if you want to see what your limiting beliefs are, look at where your glass ceiling's always been. If you want to look at what your story with money is, look at where you're at 80% of the time. If you want to know what's going on with your relationship to yourself, look at what's actually going on with all of your relationships with other people, right? So we can allow our environment to, to shine a light on what's going on internally. We can develop a conscious relationship to a measuring stick. For me, I use financial abundance. Why? Because it's something that I can see black and white. It's tangible. I can measure it. When I take into account my idea of bleed theory, that everything's really connected anyway, and that I can take whatever I healing I do here and direct it to other areas of my life, I can use that measuring stick. But ultimately, it's going to come down to this. Remembering, my environment doesn't lie and my mind doesn't lose. So if I look at my environment, I can see exactly what I'm successfully creating with my mind, whether I consciously want it or not. Then I can start to micro shift into making choices that align with what I do want. Micro shifting, speaking Spanish, micro shifting, speaking Spanish, celebrating, creating that habit for the mind to see, oh, these are the new blueprints. We've got them in Spanish. You change one room at a time. So everyone knows what they're doing. We're all good. Come home and see my house that I like. And if something shows up that I don't really like, I'm like, you know what? Sorry about that, Bob. Thanks for, um, uh, thanks for building that. But it's, I've kind of changed my mind on it or I wasn't clear at the time. I'd like to make a change. Hey, Jane, all good. We're going to change it for you. Great teamwork. High five. Let's go. And then we've got a new life. Yes. So this abundance and financial abundance, mm-hmm. you wrote a book called The Money Game. Yes. What is it and how do we play? <laughs> and also, I have, I have a fun money game that I had stolen from Abraham Hicks at one point, but I'm really curious about you. <laughs> so the money game essentially does is it takes... The idea of a model is a model of, of, micro, of, of, of money manifestation that I've now found to work consistently. As in, when I do the, ch- I've done the challenge a couple of times in my Facebook group, we wrote the book. It's predictable now. And anytime it doesn't work for someone, we can actually see where it's not working and then make it work. Cool. And the really cool thing about the money game is it's not really about money. It's about mastery over our reality and our ability to claim something and experience it so we can direct it to anything in the book i even teach you how to use it for love how to use it for uh, promotion at work how to use it for clients for your business because it's the same principle of number one micro shifting so the process actually takes you through micro shifting into developing a relationship with your reality where you make a request and it happens so We don't start by going out to manifest a million. 
or even 100,000, even though my record right now is 75,000 Australian dollars manifested in two days. Wow. Right? When we do the challenge, we normally set the, the, the challenge for the week that we're going to manifest 10, 10 bucks. The average is anywhere between 1,500 and 2,500 that people manifest actually against 10. Because what's actually happening is the environment doesn't lie. Because we use the wording or more when we're playing the game, we'll always be taken to the edge of what we believe is possible. So it even shows what our limiting beliefs are. And the game takes you through a process of stretching that belief, cementing it, and allowing you to expand your relationship to your ability to claim money and have it show up for you. Now, initially, we want you doing that with just money, but then you get to integrate it in your life. So now I use it with my business, right? I use it across the board. You know, if I'm working on a million dollar deal, I'm not setting it for the million dollars. I'm looking at the microsoft. What's my next step? What do I need to do? How do I need to show up to bring together the pieces of the puzzle to make that whole thing work? Eventually, I'd love to stretch my own thing where I'm like today, I intend to create a million dollars or more and a million dollars shows up. I've done it and got million dollar opportunities, but I'm continuing my own work to stretch my relationship to reality so more and more shows up. So it's, it's, it's a fun way of creating what I like to call alignment so that our mind, our soul, our spirit, and our body are all lined up with achieving the relationship to this new reality, doing it in baby steps, and it's predictable, and it works, and I freaking love it. It sounds amazing. I cannot wait to check it out. Okay, but- well, we'll get you a book. Please, I'd love it. <laughs> um, but on a different note, do you think, so 2020 has been the year. <laughs> has abundance changed at all, right? Like I know we have to rethink certain things, but mm-hmm. really people's ability to still attract money. Do you know what I did? A, and this was a, it was a funny thing for me. So I live in Cabo, Mexico. We go to, my wife and I go to Mexico City often because I love the peace and quiet of being here. She's Russian from St. Petersburg and then moved to New York. So she likes hype. So we have to go to Mexico City and get hype every now and then. So um, now and then I do workshops, not so much, but we, we went to shoot for one in Mexico City. And the one I did in September was how to manifest in the face of uncertainty, what to do when everything looks like it's going wrong. And one of the ideas that I explored that day was the rules of the universe haven't changed just because of world events. In fact, world events are still an expression of the rules of the universe in action. When we come to real terms, they actually printed five, six, seven trillion dollars. Let's go with five, right? Because it was at least five. Okay. Trillion dollars. That's just in the US. In the EU, they also did quantitative easing in the UK. They also, the top currencies in the world pumped trillions, trillions, not billions, not millions, trillions into the world. There is more money now in the world than there was before. Money's energy and energy is neither created nor destroyed. It just moves from one shape to another. That wealth is out there. And those who are making the choice to align with it by letting go of the stories that they can't align to it, that they're not able to access it, are getting it in. So that's what I have to say on that. No, I like that. I um, I definitely agree with you, especially because I know for myself, a lot of times it's the hidden, the small voice, right? The small thing inside of you that's like, do this. And I wanted <laughs> to make candles and something inside of me during this time was like, start making candles. 
And mm-hmm. I started making candles and it's another stream of revenue for me. Go and, get it, it. you know, it was just like, so I, I want people to recognize that the opportunity can be a small voice and it's mm-hmm. just taking it and running with it and figuring it out and letting the journey unfold and knowing that as you're saying, there's more money now than ever. It's abundant. More than like, ever. Let go of what your stories used to be. Mm-hmm. And be I mean, open this is- what it could be. This is one of the reasons why I, I created a, a new, I actually created something, um, a business bootcamp. And in week one, what we're doing literally just started th- this week. And one, one of the things we're doing this week is developing a relationship to who we are and how we dance with the universe. Because I, I think this still small voice point that you're making is really important because some people don't understand that they, the universe speaks to them a still small voice. Some of them, it doesn't speak in a voice at all. It speaks through their body. Some of them, it will speak through other people. Some of them will speak through their time in nature. But by getting to know ourselves, again, coming back to that relationship to self, we use archetypes in my work. We use like human design, world dynamics profile, your four tendencies, your love languages, uh, your motivational mind map, your mind time. And we overlay these to create a picture of how we dance with the universe around abundance. And when we understand that, then we can create a roadmap for us to make that dance in an abundant way towards what we want. When I'm working with business owners, it's like, yeah, I want you to do at least six figures. Again, let's reduce the thing on six. Oh my God, a hundred thousand. It's eight grand a month, $2,000 a week. Depending on the product, you could be attracting one new client. There are 8 billion people in the world. You finding one person to serve a week at $2,000, you've got a hundred grand a year business. It's not a lot to ask of yourself, but when you understand hang on a minute, this is how I dance with the universe. This is how the universe can direct me to see where to go and find those people to serve or even how I should be serving them. All of a sudden, everything works. I love how thorough you are. Your plan <laughs> sounds great. No, because not everybody, <laughs> not everybody looks at all the different um, tools, right? Like you're mm-hmm. taking, you're pulling from a lot of different tools that are very helpful. Like five languages of love. That's extremely, I think you said that one, that was mm-hmm. really helpful. Human design is another thing. Like there's, that's a, that's why I love so much. Like what I've done and things like this, like, I love when people actually understand that it's looking at w- more than just one tool. Mm. You have to bring in all of the different tools because they tell a complete story. Mm. Mm. Again, you know, I think people lose sight of the fact, and this goes back to the stop meditating question, right? They lose sight of the fact that there are many aspects and facets to ourselves, And when we honor all of those, then we have the ability to stand more in the seat of the observer, see more of the picture, and then write the play that's going to work versus I only know this part of myself. I'm going to write a plan that honors just this part of myself and then wonder why the 90% of myself that I haven't honored takes, you know, holds sway. And then I don't get somewhere. Then I'm going to blame, you know, whatever. I'm too short. I'm too tall. I'm too lady. I'm too man, whatever versus, okay, let's see more of the picture and go from there. How do you encourage people to honor the shadow sides? By not seeing them as shadows. But how do you, how do you do that? How do you switch it from, you know what I mean? Like Give me an example. Let's see how dark you go. <laughs> um, let's see. A shadow side. Impatience. Impatience. Everything needs to happen right now. I'm getting frustrated. I don't want to keep focusing on this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not happening. I don't believe in it because it hasn't worked all along. 
Mm-hmm. And I guess that bleeds into self-doubt, but mm-hmm. um, just having, having patience for letting a bigger picture play out or rolling out a full marketing plan or whatever the case might be, right? Or mm-hmm. um, we can even bring in patience to let's talk about health. I've been doing this diet for a week. Mm-hmm. I don't see any results. Nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. I don't like diets anyway. I don't do weight loss results. But so let's 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 bring this down to basics first and foremost. What's the actual outcome that we want? And do what? we want it, or is it somebody else's outcome? Right. Let's set a good foundation for this. Is it my outcome, or am I honoring society's ideals about what I should look like? I should have a bigger butt or a smaller butt or whatever, right? Or I have to have it done in this time because society says, if I don't do it within this time, then so am I giving my energy away to something that's not even mine? So before we do anything, I always say, before we go into this process of transformation, which is a lot of freaking energy, am I going to dedicate the energy to something that someone else is not even mine in the first place? Because the, I think sometimes we lose sight of the fact that change is not a walk in the park. Mm-hmm. I sometimes say to people that want to come and do my work, I'm like, this isn't for you. Just keep doing it the old way. Keep doing it that way. Because it's not going to be an overnight thing because you're going to have to unlearn what you have learned. You must. Like there's going to be some Yoda stuff going on, right? Um, and unless you really, really, really want it, the likelihood that you're going to be able to have that leverage to follow through is really low. So first and foremost, when it comes to shadows, I ask people to actually ask themselves, do you see it as a shadow or is it society telling you that it's a shadow? Do you really want to get rid of your impatience or are you listening to what society says about you not being able to be patient? I had this with, there's some pockets of my life where I'm a bit of an arsehole, right? And do you know what was the most powerful day for me? When I just honored, I'm a freaking arsehole about a couple of things. Not because I'm going to stay as an arsehole, But having that honest conversation with myself allowed me to explore where that energy came from, where those patterns of behavior came from, and start to ask myself, do I want to heal that? Am I prepared to do the work to heal that? Because if I'm not, I'm wasting everybody's time, including my own, and I might as well just forget it. Just be impatient, not get results, and be fine with it. There are some people, again, going back to the fact that the mind doesn't lose, they don't understand that the unconscious pattern that they're playing out the depth of addiction that they have to it is such that the likelihood that they're actually going to break it is really low. Stop lying to yourself. You like complaining to your friend about how bad he is to you because you have an unconscious core wound playing out this pattern. You leave him, it's going to happen with someone else. Your friends who are in a quantum overlay with you like being able to say, oh, poor her. You're all doing this dance. And if you're not prepared to break free from that dance, stop lying to yourself put that energy into going to do a spin class or something like that, or put that energy that would go into change into enhancing another area of your life and just own your shadow there. I believe that a lot of people are calling things shadows that aren't really shadows to them. They're parts of themselves that they actually love. I believe that a lot of people don't have the leverage to overcome something because they don't want to overcome it. They're lying to themselves and they're lying to others. But by owning the shadow, that ownership creates a space where the possibility of change becomes more of a probability because we can have an honest conversation. And when we can have an honest conversation, we can actually peel away the onions and see what's really underneath, really identify what sinks several, seven levels deeper and come to a point where when that big choice needs to be made, when we hit that big crossroads, 
we're actually invested in the outcome because we want to get somewhere. We've had an honest conversation. We've micro shifted into this and we can come to a place of true change. Otherwise, people are just wasting their time. They're always going to be at that level of abundance. They're never going to get that promotion. It's always going to be the same kind of guy that they date. The family isn't coming. Like the health is going to be what it is because they haven't actually connected with it through their heart, through their soul for them. Does that make sense? Yes. Can we like get some snaps here? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Preach. That is so incredible. Like I'm like speechless after listening to that. I hope you guys, if you have to re-listen to this, because (laughs) that was powerful and it's, that's hardcore truth. And that's why I think you're so amazing and what you're doing is so amazing. And I think you're different in this sphere of coaches, right? A lot of times, bring it back to entrepreneur or financial stuff, people want quick fixes or they want to be told what to do. Mm -hmm. You're sitting here being like, you know what you need to do. I'm helping you follow your own plan. Mm -hmm. And that's beautiful. There's Mm -hmm. not, you know, I, I haven't, I've looked in the coaching space. I've worked with coaches before and stuff like that. And that's not common. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not common. So what you're doing is Absolutely amazing. I'm still blown away at the you. fact that you like layer all those things. <laughs> I'm still thinking about those. I've been in this game for 20 years for, for myself for the big, the biggest part of it. You know, I started my personal development journey really young and I've been through some stuff. I've been through the whole suicide thing. I made and lost two multi-million pound fortunes by the age of 24. You know, there's, it's not been like a walk in the park, you know, it's been a journey and it's a journey that I continue to be on. You know, the depression still tries to come back, but I'm resourced to deal with it. You know, Um, shame about my mistakes and my fudge ups in my life still tried to come back, but I'm resourced to deal with them. And because I've actually made a real commitment to it, I am actually invested. When times get hard, I can take a break, but I'm not going to stop. I can take a pause, but it's not going to be forever. And that's why I continue to grow. And when people are ready to, to do that for themselves, why they get to where they're going to. Amazing. I'm so grateful for your journey as oh, thank you. troubling as it might have been. <laughs> Thanks but for I, going through all the stuff, Dad. <laughs> but it created this. Yeah. And, and this is what's really beautiful. And this is what's helping to heal the world. And so was there anything else that you wanted to chat with us about today? I think we've kind of covered some juicy stuff. I'm really appreciative of the time. I know we've gone way, I've just seen this, we've gone way over what we said we we're going to do, but... I really trust that the that the listeners will, will will get something from this. It's my intention that they get one thing that they can take away. Don't try and gobble all of it. Just find like one thing that they can actually go and execute on. One thing they can follow through with. One idea that actually becomes a micro shift from this conversation. Yes, there's so many things in here, like so many. So please, if you have to listen to it again, bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> But if people wanted to connect with you, what social media platforms are you on? I'm pretty much on everything. The gram is where um, I'm most like, I've got strongest there. We do a lot of content on there. I've been more active on the Twitter now, like sharing my views and stuff, whatever. I'm Dreamer CEO and everything, but the best place to find me is my website because everything's on there. Podcasts, books, free workshops, events, virtual stuff, all of the things, dreamwithdan.com. Perfect. I will put that link in the show description so you guys can all find it easily. But thank you for joining today. This was awesome. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. 
Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's podcast episode. I appreciate you. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate your time. And if there's anybody that you think would love this episode, please share it with them. And of course, go ahead and leave a review for this podcast. I hope you have a wonderful day and we'll talk soon. Bye.